I'm Kate Daniels. A regular first-of-the-month guest this year has been Elaine Park, who in the early 2000s collaborated with a community group to compile the 12 Habits of Unity. Each month, we've taken the journey of discovery and practice to do what each of us can do personally to do good things in our families and our communities. This month of August is a great month to take stock, and the focus is know who you are. So let's meet Elaine and have an engaging conversation. Elaine Park, good morning. And as usual, it's wonderful to connect with you again and to be thinking about all these wonderful habits of unity. Well, thank you, Kate. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you in Seattle. And uh, I'm going to be talking about kind of one of my favorite months. I call August our reset month, the month to know who you are, where Maybe people are all still on vacation. Certainly things are not at peak activity. And so it's kind of a good time to sort of settle back, reset, ask yourself the question, you know, am I spending my time according to my priorities? It's really one of my favorite months. And, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that because as I was reading through August, I was thinking, oh, this is almost like a foundational month. But reset is actually the perfect thing. We've been building each month on different aspects of ourselves, our lives. And in August, to get to this fundamental point, or maybe the previous months gave us more insight and awareness as to what the answer here is, know who I am. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that doing a personal reset on a regular basis isn't something that many people think of doing. And so it's one of the reasons that the community people who worked with me in the early days of the growth of the 12 Habits, you know, decided to put a month in where you kind of kick back, you know, relax, contemplate, look at your life and do a reset if you need to. I mean, so often... Let's say a, a business person will be at, at a party or something. And we'll talk about how important their family is. But in reality, that person is spending 80 hours a day at work. You know, perhaps during the month of August, that person would realize that that's not how they want to live their life and change their priorities. Right. So maybe what would be good as we get started into discussing more of August, there is that wonderful poem at the beginning of the month by William Arthur Ward about truths for living that I thought you might want to share with us. I can do that, but you've obviously got it up. And since you're always interviewing me, let's change it up a little bit. (laughs) All right, then. I do have it open right here. I know you do. So why don't you do this part of the interview? Okay, I will do that. And I just do think this is so, so fitting and fully encapsulating. So it's called Truths for Living. The more generous we are, the more joyous we become. The more cooperative we are, the more valuable we become. The more enthusiastic we are, the more productive we become. The more serving we are, the more prosperous we become. The more outgoing we are, the more helpful we become. The more curious we are, the more creative we become. The more patient we are, 
the more understanding we become. The more persistent we are, the more successful we become. Well, Kate, I think you read it better than I could. <laughs> it was oh, really lovely. Well, it's and, it's it's lovely. The words, I mean, they just seem so fitting. They they really do inspire us, I think, in such a very simple, concise way. Well, the reason I picked that particular poem for, you know, opening August is because, you know, the topics, generosity, joy, cooperation, personal value. I mean, those are the aspects of each of our lives that this month is asking us to take a peek into so that we can use this poem a little bit as a guideline for evaluating ourselves and resetting, as I said, the things about us that we'd like to do a little better. If we feel like we're losing ground and spending time with our families when we know our families are a high priority and we're doing, you know, asking ourselves, how can we cut back on so many hours at work? I think, you know, this, this little poem is a, is sort of a, a list of points to go through and looking at our lives and doing that mid-year reset. Right. And we see how there's, such the the beauty here where we think that doing this one thing is just doing the thing, but then it shows you what you become in doing it. So that exactly right at the beginning to be more generous, we become more joyful. And, and it's really true that we would think, Oh, I'm going to be giving away too much if I'm generous, but no, it, it just, fills us up more and and we feel so wonderful there's no dollar sign at all on joy exactly and i think what's unique about this poem is it's a surprising combination you know we don't think about generosity as bringing joy to us i mean but when you think about it you actually realize it does Yes. And when we find, when we do those sorts of things, uh, when we just have somehow, you know, done something that is generous, all of a sudden, when we look at ourselves or take a, take a look at ourselves, we find that we are feeling so wonderful about it. Exactly. Uh, in terms of making this a pivotal month, um, as you recall, each of the months has a goal and The goal for August is to be able to write down your own values about family, children, personal behavior, work performance, and your role in your community. Now, maybe some readers and listeners, you know, won't go that, won't won't take the time to go that far. But, you know, if you do, it's kind of like making New Year's resolutions. You know, you have it to look at and you can use it as a measuring stick as you go through another year until you get to next August when you try to know who you are again. And the thing about writing things down too, it really begins to clarify or cement it so that that, that's a very important activity. No question about it. It's kind of cute. I I mentioned until next year when you get to (laughs) August again. And over the course of the years that I've been doing this, you know, some people have said to me, well, you know, isn't it going to get boring? You know, you keep the year, you come back and you, you know, you 
you do August again is know who you are, or you do July again is become involved. And I said, well, are you bored with having Thanksgiving? <laughs> I know. It's a whole year yes. has gone by since you last observed that month habit. And in that time, your life has changed. So even though the habit scene comes back every year, who you are in that month isn't the same. Precisely. So you've changed over the course of that year. And so that month's habit has a different meaning for you when it comes back the next year because you've changed. You're asking yourself different questions. And I think that's, you know, that's why it's the consistency and the continuity of the 12-month format taking us through, obviously, August is what I would call a personal development month. You know, you're working on yourself. January, help others. You know, that's a month to think about others. Actually, the first line of that poem, help others. So the more generous you are, the more joyous you become. So what this poem is saying is, even though January, which is help others, is a month to think about relationships and our outward relationships with others, in fact, it's technically a self-empowering month as well because you become more joyful when you're generous. Yes. Yes, it's just one of those, almost a, a mystery, but it's not. Uh, just when we look at that, the the you know the kind of the flip side of the coin that how they all it just works so beautifully together that that's exactly right and that's why there's a a famous quote by martin luther king that says when those who want peace become as organized as those who want those who want peace need to become as organized as those who want more and the 12 habits are a way to organize the qualities of peaceful living that bring happiness and joy and camaraderie and connectedness and a sense of community, whether it's in your family or your community around you, you know, that's the, it's an organized pattern. And that's why following the 12 habits in one's own life really works. Right. Yes. That's a good word, the organization of it, because it yes. really is like having mileposts along the way. We're able to stop and there think, you go. right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a wonderful guide at personal development as well as development within the community with relationships. And, and then because it is the habits of unity for our country, that's where we begin to really see how this rippling out works. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The um, daily meditation for August 1st is, I reflect on my habit to know who I am. Treat others as you want others to treat you. This is the golden rule of mutual respect. This great principle for happiness is found in every book of every world religion. In a month dedicated to building the habit of self-reflection, which is August, this is a time to reflect on the golden rule and how each moment of your life supports that rule. The quotes for August 1st are, practicing the golden rule is not a sacrifice, it's an investment. That's by Bile Avery, who's a healthcare activist. The second quote is, when your values are clear to you, 
making decisions becomes easier. Walt Disney said that. And finally, the fortune cookie for August 1st is you are in for an enlightening experience, which reminds me, I haven't shared this with your audience. Even though there's a half a page reading for each month of the year, uh, for each day in each month, each month kind of has a little different flavor. So when I was putting together August, I thought, you know, what could I do for a little action tip at the end of each day's reading to make it a little different? So I decided to use fortune cookies. So at the front of the book, you'll see that I have a, um, a credit to the Ting Lee Fortune Co- Cookie Company. <laughs> I bought 22 bags of fortune cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're great. It is, they're so wonderful. And, and, and I was able to, so the fortune cookie, again, for August 1st, now that you, your audience understands where they came from and why I said that. Like, where did the fortune cookie come from? Yes. Um, <laughs> the fortune cookie um, thought for that day is you're in for an enlightening experience. And you know what's really interesting about this reading, together with the poem that we read, is that, is that this, this reading makes the point that when you reflect on the golden rule, it brings, it brings you gifts. It's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. That's the first quote. And you're in for an enlightening experience. You know, that's the fortune cookie. So it, it makes it a positive thing is what I'm trying to say. Do you have any of the readings that are your favorites? Oh, okay. I have so many. Um, one of them, um, I'm actually going to jump ahead a few days to uh, August the 5th, and um, a name that we know because she was a newspaper advice columnist for so many years, if not decades, uh, Abigail Van Buren, she says, the best index to a person's character is how he or she treats people who can't do him or her any good and B, how he or she treats people who can't fight back. That is a very, very important concept. You know, all too often, people, we, we get in a, we're, what, what is it called, a reciprocal relationship? We, we're in reciprocal relationships where... The two people are in those relationships for what they can do for one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And when, when you're not in a relationship for what someone else can do for you, it's just, it's so, it's so much more honest and it's, it frees you up and it, it really puts you in that true frame of mind of your authentic self to be kind and generous. Exactly. Yes, that uh, is so key and and so needed in our world right now. And and the power of having a quote like this, it helps us to really focus in and realize how I, just me, one person, can make a difference when I change my outlook. I'm not going to want yeah. the other person, they do what they need to do, but there is an energy there that happens when we do this 
with the purity of heart, no strings attached, that somehow it's just a really wonderful ripple-out effect. Well, I think that's why we have August is Know Who You Are, because this gives us time to think about these aspects of being alive, being alive in relationship to other people. But more, you know, we, we think about that, but thinking about being alive in relationship to ourselves and asking us who we are. You know, the second quote on that same August 5th, Kate, is one isn't born oneself. One is born with a mass of expectations, a mass of other people's ideas, and you have to work through all of it. And isn't that just so powerful to know? Because sadly, I think some people feel, and I think I probably was there when I was a young, my younger self, is we think we are just what we've arrived at a certain point. Then we become aware of questioning that. And that's where this really comes into effect to question, is this really what I believe is the good and right thing? Or is it yeah. somebody else's idea that got packed in my head? And the fact is, we lose because of these expectations. And they're not just from our childhood. I mean, they're in our minds right now. Someone wants us to be on a committee or we're being onslaughted with, with expectations from other people all the time. And so you have to, in responding to those expectations, you have to take that, that quiet moment to find who you are in that expectation. And yes, you want to help people, but you know sometimes there's a reason why fulfilling that expectation for another person is not good for you. I mean, we're all aware of the dynamic of people who have trouble saying no. And so what happens? You know, they say no because they want to please other people. They, you know, they want to be liked. And pretty soon, you know, they take on too many expectations. They're, they've got everything going on. And, and what happens, they wind up probably not doing anything to their best ability. And, and, and nobody really wins, least of all the person who has failed to, to adhere to to who they are and what is reasonable for them to undertake. You see what I'm saying? Yes. A lot of people fall into this. Well, and you know then, another one that as I was thumbing through, because I, I think all the quotes have such value and importance to them, uh, just different ones pop out at us at different times. So a couple of days later, and this really goes back some decades on TV shows to leave it to Beaver, yeah. yeah. Father Ward said, when you make a mistake, admit it. If you don't, you only make matters worse. Well, you know, joining, getting overly committed could could be a mistake. We realize we're just not um, being fair to ourselves and to whatever else we've committed to. So to say, you know what, that was an error in judgment. But if we let it go on, then we it just kind of can perpetuate into this huge mess. So, but in many places in our lives, we might just realize, to be honest, like, sorry, I made a mistake, I goofed up there, and, and then go forward. 
well, and to even have the the courage to to cut back to a, a number of commitments that are reasonable, and the courage to to call the people that you had made the commitments to, and can't you know, and and just be honest and say, I've overcommitted. I'm not doing you any good. It's not doing me any good, or any of the other things I'm doing, and I'm. You know, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to respectfully withdraw from whatever it is. Right. Yes. And you use the word courage. It, it truly is like that. To be honest, really does take yes. courage at times. So it's a wonderful quality to have is just to be honest up front, adjust those errors or overcommitments and, and go forward. I mean, it's easier to tell a little white lie, <laughs> and and but it's not the courageous thing to do, and it's not what you do when you're knowing who you are. When you're a person of courage and integrity and honesty and so forth, and you you pull yourself out. Really, I guess you know we're really kind of talking about the rat race. Yes. Yes, in the bit in the in the larger frame of things, we're talking about the rat race, and we put up the rat race that we're so busy doing things that we're actually not even enjoying or getting the most or giving the most out of whatever we're doing. Which leads me to actually one of my favorite quotes of the book. Yes, happens to be on August eighth. Okay. Um, I'll read you the, the introduction to that, then I'll read you the quote. If I could back up the clock, I would reprogram, reprogram myself with more wisdom. For better or worse, our memories are the fabric of future thoughts. Think about that. Our memories are the fabric of future thoughts. Memories haunt or hallow our minds. They depress or uplift our souls. They bring joy or sadness to our hearts. So the quote is, make the kind of memories that you can live with the rest of your life. Oh, yes. I mean, every day that goes by, we're making memories. And what we're going to have of this day left at some time in the future is whatever memory we've made out of it. So do we want to remember this day as being happy and joyous, helping others, accomplishing the things you wanted to do in the day and feeling good about it? Um, in, in relationships, you know, hugging and loving and making a call to someone who's sick or elderly, um, I mean, I've discovered something, and I'm giving away my age range a little bit, but I've discovered that people are using the phone less and less. And, you know, especially the younger people, I mean, all they do is text, and those text messages are so short and don't have any love or feeling in them. You know, you wonder whether their relationships are thriving when they're completely based on a text relationship. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Kate? Oh, I like texts 
when there's expediency, you need to connect with someone at the spur of the moment. Right. But I agree that having these longer connections with people, even texts seem long for some people, so then they want to start using abbreviations. Spelling, I know I get hung up on spelling, but spelling goes out the window. They use initials for things and emojis. It's like our language is deteriorating and being lost. Yes, absolutely. And so what would be in-depth relationships, you know, how are you and how's it going and listening to what's going on with another person and being able to tell another person what's going on with you. I don't know about you, Kate, but I'm just not really able to do that in what I call a text relationship. But a lot of people I know tend to want to make their relationships through text. And it's obviously the younger people that seem to be doing that more. And yes, it's hard to imagine that that could have any real foundation in it, any good substance of personality and knowing each other and being able to really spend physical time together other than just punching out little letters on your phone. Well, you know, backing up a little bit, when you think about what it's been like the last few years with the COVID, I guess there are ways in which we could be grateful that we had quick, short ways to at least briefly stay in touch with people that we couldn't see. But I think that now we need to go back to a more balance between texting, which is obviously the quickest, shortest, and often the most efficient way to do something expedient, you know, change a time of an appointment, right? Um, you know, to at least talking on the phone, there's emails, and then, of course, you know, actually physically spending time with the people you care about. And that is where we can create some really wonderful memories, planning vacations where you go to somewhere where you can all stay in a location together. Right. Experiences. No, it's very important. On the last day of August, I say, together we have written the month of August and strengthened our habit of self-reflection and self-understanding. This month deepens our awareness of the fabric that stabilizes and holds together not only our own lives and the meaning that we give to our presence here on earth. What is the gospel according to you? Isn't that a great way to kind of capture it? I'm thinking of religious connotations because you use gospel, but at the beginning of the month, we talked about the golden rule. So there again was kind of that spiritual connection. I think it's a, a wonderful way of kind of making a good full circle. A quote then at the end is, you write a sermon, a chapter each day by the deeds that you do and the words that you say. Men, read what you write. If it's false or it's true, say what is the gospel according to you. And that's by Paul Gilbert, who's an American psychologist. Here's a viewpoint by Pigpen. I may be dirty, but I have clean thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> See, from psychologists to cartoon strips, there's a lot of philosophy in all of it. A lot of philosophy and all of it. And this is the month to kick back, take stock of your life, you know, what you're doing, how you're spending your time, where you're going, how your own frame of mind is. If you're feeling bothered, you know, get into the bottom of what's bothering you. 
and asking yourself at the end of each day, you know, what is the gospel according to you? Why are you here? What's the meaning to our presence here on earth? I mean, I do believe that every life here on earth, every single life has meaning. And And, purpose, right? Meaning and purpose. And therefore, it's up to us as we go through our lives to discover what that meaning and purpose is. I live a large part of my life. It wasn't until 1987 that the idea we could take the months of the year and make them into brand names for 12 aspects of getting along together. And that like holidays, we could celebrate those qualities one month at a time and all come together doing that. My purpose didn't really come to me until relatively late in life. And I've been working on it ever since, up to and including this very minute with your lovely Seattle audience. And we so appreciate you. I greatly appreciate you, Elaine, that we are able to do this monthly. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to next month. We're going to get together as the beginning of fall in that month of September. And next month is do your best. So this month stretches before us. Let's go forth and be our authentic best selves. Absolutely, Kate. And I appreciate you so much for bringing me to your Seattle audience. Well, we thank you. I thank you, Elaine, and have a wonderful August.